Hey, everyone. Hey, this is episode two of Royally Stupid. I'm Drew Absher. Yeah, and I'm local guy. What's going on, everybody? Um, we're, we're here. This is, what's today? Saturday the 21st? Yes. We are T minus, what are we? We're three sleeps away from basketball. Two sleeps. Okay, so so a sleep tonight. No, three. So a sleep tonight, a sleep on Sunday, a sleep on Monday, a yeah. sleep on Tuesday. We're four no, sleeps well, away. No, well, that's yeah? Kings basketball. Right. Opening night's Tuesday. Oh, okay, you're talking about just yeah. Opening night for we, the league. What's, yeah. What's opening night for the league? That's Lakers Phoenix is one of them. I, I think I it's either Lakers Phoenix or Lakers Warriors or something like that, or it's Phoenix and the Warriors. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, this should just be. It's a. Sorry, dead air here. Uh, opening night is... Fuck. We're just going to cut this. <laughs> opening night is Lakers, Nuggets, Phoenix, Warriors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I love the NBA, dude. They're so transparent. It's That's the best part about NBA scheduling is that it's like, yeah, no, we know. Yeah. We know the days. I, the NFL doesn't do that except for Thursday night football. Dude, they... I mean, the NBA completely moved away from Thursdays, too during the nfl season yeah. because usually you get a tnt game every thursday but but they're they, they said no 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 more we can't we can't compete with the nfl on thursdays so yeah now they're just like all right we're moving things to tuesdays to start the season and now we get nationally televised games three to four days a week so it's actually pretty cool yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm a fan of the way the schedule looks um we got so much house cleaning to do here i know man this has been we recorded that first podcast and then that was like at the end of September. That was that was that, that was, was almost a month ago. Almost a month ago. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Uh, well, everyone, we're doing episode two, so we clearly enjoyed doing episode one. Um, King's preseason is over. Thankfully, yeah, maybe I don't know. I I didn't really. Yeah, mercifully is probably the right word. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. They say, what are your thoughts on this? They say, like, don't take preseason seriously at all. How much do you subscribe to that? Um, I I lean that way. Yeah, yeah. Because it it's not about the results. It's about the it's about the process, and everything looks pretty good. It, it's it looks a little rough the first couple of games, and then you realize, oh, the starters weren't really playing that much. Yeah. Right? And then when you had the five guys out there that started together last season, so Fox, Herter, Keegan, Barnes, Barnes, Domas, yeah, offense looked pretty good. Um, people obviously have their opinions about Harrison. Some people have their opinions about Kevin right now, right. especially which I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, regardless, w- when when Fox and Domas are out there, it it, it looks just fine. Yeah. So like, and and any combination, I really enjoyed any combination of the big three on the floor together. Yeah. I even thought the Keegan and Domas minutes looked fun. I thought so. My my feelings about preseason are there are things that you very clearly shouldn't judge, mm-hmm. and then there are things that you very clearly can be concerned or hyped about. Yes, I think that anyone who's walking away from preseason not at least a little bit excited about Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm is wrong Mm -hmm. and anyone who's walking away from preseason at least not a little excited about colby jones is wrong colby jones colby jones looked like he wanted someone's job you want to start there let's start there yeah i know you're a big colby jones guy give give us we did talk about him last podcast we did actually clipped that portion of the podcast and i posted it today actually fantastic a couple of hours ago and i and i shouted out bryant west from the king's herald because he was all over kobe during the regular season in college. So I tagged him in it 
And I said, hey, Bryant, check this out. You know, yeah. you're right. Bryant, Bryant and I, I think, for the most part, I don't think we've ever disagreed on a prospect. I mean, you know, I talked about it last episode. You kind of have to be in the draft. You have to, you kind of have to be into the draft if you're a Kings fan. Cause, sure. You know, we've sucked for so long. It's the only place to find meaning. Literally. It's like and, doing and drugs. Hope, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. And, and, and so I, I, I love the scouting aspect of the draft. I love, you know, finding out about these prospects early watch them during the season and actually watching the games and then when the pre-draft stuff comes around that stuff is very very fun you know even last year as heartbreaking as the playoffs ended you know within a week i was like all right well the draft is in like six weeks yep. so let's 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 get going on on some of the homework and colby was definitely a guy that not just myself but many people around here zoned in on they were like okay yep. this guy makes a lot of sense for this team the kings had what was it, the twenty. Third or whatever, twenty second, twenty third, something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and they ship that off, right? They attach it to Rashawn Holmes, clear cap space. I get it, right? Yep. You had the Domas extension, Fox's extension has kicked in. You got to start paying other guys. So you had to, you kind of had to make that move to shed the salary. Rashawn didn't really have a role here, anyways. Right. So you know, to to just get his salary off the books was a huge win. But when that happened, I was thinking to myself, oh no, like. Colby Jones is not going to be an option now. He's there's no way he lasts until the Kings' next pick, which wasn't even 34 at the time. They were actually a little bit uh, further back than that, and Monty traded back up to 34 to get him. So when we got him at 34, yeah, it's like whoa, you know, it, I I can't believe that he fell that far. It is crazy watching him. It's just shocking. It, he's clearly like I thing. think him and uh, what's his TJD from yeah, Trace, Trace Jackson. Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis, yeah. They were the two guys I saw in Summer League where I was like, how? Yeah. How did you get down there? Yeah, TJD, I kind of understand a little bit. He's a guy who stayed all four years in college. Yeah. Monstrous production. One of the best players in college basketball. Yeah. Bar none. He, he was incredible, but he d- d- didn't shoot threes there, right? And nowadays you have to kind of stretch the floor as a big. I think he'll be able to develop that. How many years did Colby do in Colby, college? Colby, Colby played two years. Okay. Yeah, so he was just a sophomore, although he, I think he was a little bit older too. So he kind of was the way Keegan was when Keegan came out. Because Keegan took a prep school year, yep. then he ended up at Iowa. So I think he, I think he is one of the older players amongst the sophomores, the, the second year players that came out. But, you know, I, dude, I'm, I'm with you. Watching those two guys in summer league I mean, getting four years of college experience for Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, that's obviously invaluable. He comes into a team like the Warriors that already have such a they already have such a great ecosystem. Yeah, makes sense. Um, he'll, he'll probably be pretty good. He'll be another guy that they that they draft that turns into a player, and you're just like, wow, you know, the Warriors just sustain yeah. success because they keep on drafting these guys and developing them. I think Trace Jackson Davis will he'll, he'll be one of those guys, but Colby. From the jump, like from the first summer league game in the California Classic, watching him up close, it's like he never gets sped up. Never, never, ever. Well, Coach Brown said it himself the other night in the post-game press conference. He says he's quick but never rushed. Mm-hmm. That's like the perfect way to describe him. Yeah, Always makes the right basketball play. His IQ is off the charts. Um, and he may not be a very athletic player. I think that might have been one of the knocks on him. I mean, he had a wide open. He had a full head of steam against the Jazz the other night in the final preseason game on a fast break. And you're thinking, oh, he's going to throw it down. He literally jumped and just kind of laid it up over the rim because he just couldn't get up that high. So he's not that type of an athlete. But what's impressive about him that you wouldn't think he would have because he lacks a little bit of the explosive athleticism is he's got insane lateral movement. 
And so he's able to keep guys in front. And then, of course, on offense, I mean, guy can shoot it. He can pass it. He averaged four and a half assists per game in college. Yeah. That was one of your tweets that I remember from that time. Yeah. he's. It's hard to average even five assists per game for a point guard in college because not everybody around you can play. Right. Right? Like, the the talent level is not the same as the NBA. Absolutely. So as a wing... Averaging nearly five assists per game—that's incredibly impressive. And you're and getting you, guys open, and you and you see it. You see yeah. it already. He's he's manipulating backline defenders out of pick and roll. There was a specific play against the Warriors where he he kind of was, you know, he kind of was looking off, you know, his defender, and was kept his eyes up and was kind of looking at JaVale McGee using his roll gravity to kind of manipulate the uh, the tag man in the in the mm-hmm. weak side corner. And that guy pinched all the way down. He whips a pass. To, was that to Monk? To Davion. Oh, to Davion. In the left yeah. corner, and Davion hits a three. Yep. And you're just like, dude, he's already doing this, and he hasn't played his first real professional game yet. It's really, really impressive stuff, man. Yeah. He's, he's, I think he's forcing Mike Brown's hand. He might he might get rotation minutes sooner I mean, than we think. Like this, you know, this is kind of what I mean by the 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 preseason. Like I think that what it really comes down to is like the stuff you see is the stuff you see. Mm-hmm. And there's not much to do with it except for that information, right? And right. so, like, the the two guys who are jumping to mind immediately are Colby Jones and Kevin Herter. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw Kevin Herter take a three-pointer <laughs> that I was like, that looked comfortable. Yeah. And it's not Kevin's fault. Mm-hmm. It's just because of what I saw in the playoffs last year and then the preseason this year. But I do think it's a fair position to be taking right now that, like, I'm not sure what Kevin Herter is. Mm-hmm. Every sports league is a what have you done for me lately league. 100%. And, you know, you coming into this season, the two guard was the most upgradable position. Mm-hmm. And so you see it with Kevin. And the same thing with Colby Jones, where it's like people will say like, oh, well, it's preseason. So you can't put too much stock. It's like the dimensions are still the same. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker's still banging yeah, open threes. Dude, that's what the Kings need is 100%. a gritty defender who's going to stay in front of guys and who's going to hit his open threes. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm not really sure why preseason if you're going to argue that players are going to get faster the more condition they get into the season. Right. Maybe you could argue he's going to get blown by a little bit more. But mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, the guy's doing exactly what he's supposed to do as a basketball player. Yeah. And so of course you don't react to like oh Jonathan Kamingo was the leading scorer in mm-hmm. the I, I, I'm going to put all my my money yeah. in Jonathan. Well, I'm, I'm, for me personally, I'm buying stock of Jonathan Kaminga. Oh, I he, I yeah, think he, Jonathan Kaminga is an excellent basketball player, he, dude. That that Warrior that uh, so this was the Warriors game here in Sacramento, the preseason game. Yeah, where he had like 28 or whatever. Watching him up close, I yeah. was like, okay, this guy's ready to make a leap this year. Yeah, <laughs> he's. He's moving different this year for sure. Well, Andy's getting to that game. He shot like 17 free throws right. against us too. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right. I, obviously, that's a fluky number right now, but mm-hmm. he is getting to. He was figuring out ways to get to the line, yeah. and I can't imagine working with Chris Paul and Steph Curry is going to hurt that for him. Like sure. if he can really figure out how to be like a, a foul merchant, he's mm-hmm. got a, a good chance to be helpful too. But anyway, my point was is just like there's certain things where of course you can like chalk it up to preseason, but. You know, there's certain things with, the, especially with the Kings, that are that were questions or at least like flags in your head that going into preseason, you're like, oh, I didn't see that improve. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like the Colby Jones minutes were the one thing that Colby and Chris Duarte. I thought yeah. I was actually really unimpressed with Duarte's first game, mm-hmm. and then everything after that, I thought he was like really good. Yeah. And I, that coincided with him being inserted into the starting lineup. Yeah, that one game, and he looked 
pretty good out there with the starters. Yeah. So, and it seems like the knee injury that uh, he ended up getting is not serious. So he might be ready for Wednesday yeah. against the Jazz. So that's that's pretty exciting, too, you know, to see that he he will be an option. And, and I don't know if Mike Brown would be bold enough to start Chris Dorte on opening night because who knows what that might do to Kevin's psyche, but... Um, yeah, right. That's kind of what you're messing with yeah, right now. Yeah. Is this isn't a Keegan Murray, Casey Akpala situation no. last year? It's not even a Trey Lyle, Sasha Vezenkov no. situation this year. It's like a Kevin Herter was like you know until April or May of last year was looking like a guy who might net like eighteen twenty million dollars on his next contract. Right, right. And now he's looking like a guy who could fall out of rotation. And that's just too fall that's just too steep of a fall to like really think about. You mm-hmm. know, if this was over two years that he started sinking this bad, like yeah, for sure. Now we've got some questions about his right. his sustainability. But shooters go through slumps and so you want to give them the time to shoot out of it exactly but i don't think the kings in the western conference can can really afford to go own yeah Florida. they don't afford they, they 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 don't have the time to be able to afford him opportunities no. to go out there and just chuck until until he gets it going again yeah other than february yeah he was he was pretty awesome yeah and then april comes around and he was kind of whatever in april right in the regular season and then yeah and then the playoffs come around really the, his only good game was game six yep and and you're hoping that that carried over to game seven but dude just looked absolutely tired and you know what i think i think it was he was top five in in the league in miles yeah traveled miles right. ran right because he, he he everything he does is predicated off of movement and he didn't really get a chance to do too much of that with Domas in the preseason. Yeah, they ran a nice set at the beginning of the um, at the beginning of the game against the Warriors, where he did get it. He did get an open three. Yeah, and it was off of a Domas handoff. Looked good, and then you just didn't see it again the rest of his time on the floor. And then he did play in that final preseason game against the Jazz. He, I think, he hit one three. And then the rest of it was kind of just like, no, it just, it just never looked good. It just, well, the, he he, he a, does not look comfortable out there, like you said. That was it. Is like the com- if, if it looks like a guy like shooting with like a knitted sweater on, yeah. you know, like he can't get his arms to work the way <laughs> yeah, he wants. Yeah, man. And it's such an it's such a hard thing to watch a shooter go through because you know Kevin is a good bat. There was a, a specific sequence. I can't remember if it was in that game four against the Warriors or game five against the Jazz of the preseason. But like he came through the lane like a little like a little he snaked like a pick and roll or something, mm-hmm. and then he like gets to the elbow and takes a shot and misses it. Then the rebound comes right to him and he catches it and goes for the exact same shot and misses it on the exact same spot. Mm. And you're just like, that's a guy who didn't want to take that shot once, and he certainly didn't want to take it twice. Yeah. And you only like you NBA players only miss that bad when they don't want to be taking that shot mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And so it does seem like a confidence thing. Yeah. But that doesn't help you if you're the Mike Brown's coaching staff no. right now. Mm-mm. Knowing it's a confidence thing is the worst place because yeah. the only thing that's going to get him more and you're hitting this point now where I think that you are you're absolved of a luxury you had last year with Kevin. Yep. Which is like I want Kevin Herter to be the guy taking the most three-pointers in the starting lineup. For pretty much the entire season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if on Wednesday, Keegan Murray should be taking less three-pointers than anyone on the team. Yeah, 
And so that's the other thing that plays in with Kevin in the lineup is like, what is what does it do to Keegan? If I throw Duarte in there and he's going to take two threes a game, all of those threes that Kevin isn't going to take are going to go right to Keegan. And I think I'd rather that right now. I don't know. This is like the only thing of the preseason that I think is like legitimately worth considering uh, beyond like a, it's preseason. Don't let it bug you thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I get it. And yeah, it's, it's a slippery, slippery slope too for, for the coaching staff. They have to, they have to be very, very cautious about this because the big thing that people are saying and have always kind of pointed out about Kevin is, is if he's not hitting shots, he's not really doing anything for you. Right. Yeah. Because if he's not hitting, if he's not coming off of those DHOs and is actually a threat to actually make a three pointer, that's not to say people are going to sag off of him. I think NBA coaches and defenders know better than to, you know, go underneath screens against Kevin Herter yeah. who was, you know, red hot to start last season and was still one of the league's best shooters by the time the season ended. But if you don't, have to fight over screens and dhos like that against him then the geometry of the court just changes you can defend domas and fox differently because a lot he's yeah and he's because he's not giving you anything out there off of those actions well then yeah then then the coaching staff has to say look if he's not hitting shots and if he's not keeping defenses as honest as he was last season then why aren't we playing chris dorte why aren't we playing colby jones because at least if those guys aren't hitting shots out there there's enough crossover between those guys where they can run basically the same offense. Yeah. And then also defensively, you know, you're going to get something from those two guys. You know, those guys can defend, you know, they're not all you know, like world beaters. They're not like, you know, defensive freaks like Davion Mitchell out there with, <laughs> with the way that they move and the way that they can keep people in front, but they'll give you something as yeah. opposed to Kevin and Kevin. Uh, it wasn't like I was, tallying up breakdown after breakdown after breakdown out there on defense firm but i mean there was a key play in that last warriors game in in san francisco where the warriors came back and they won and it was literally a simple screen away for steph curry kevin got hung up on it for some reason yeah domas also deserves some of the blame he didn't show on the screen and kind of just like stood there and played a drop yeah as if a dunk from dario saric in that situation would have been worse it's right like, no no no. i'd rather not let the greatest shooter to ever get loose but domas let him go so it's kind of the blame kind of goes on domas too and steph literally just jogged to the left wing kevin for whatever reason felt the need to jump at him as if steph wasn't gonna pump fake and then by the time he flew by steph puts it up and he hits a three makes it a four point game that was a huge sequence and and those were a lot of the that reminds me of a lot of the breakdowns that Kevin had last season. On yeah. Defense. And if you're going to be doing that out there, you're not hitting shots. What are you giving the team? What are you giving the coaching? Staff, yeah. Right? And that, it's funny you brought that specific sequence up because I do remember that sequence. And immediately at the top of the podcast, when we were talking about Colby Jones and you said, Mike Brown said he's fast, but not rushed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is probably Mike Brown could probably get that tatted on his neck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that yeah. is the kind of basketball he wants these guys to play. hundred percent. And, People say that Kevin's defense is bad, and I, I know it is, but I oftentimes see that it's that more than anything, mm-hmm. is he's just getting caught out of position because he's overzealous. Yeah, And so I see, like, if I had to guess, I'm sure the coaching staff is like, that's coachable. Getting him oh, yeah. to not bite on a Steph Curry pump fake, he's mm-hmm. a smart guy. You know, we can try to teach him out of that. It's just with what time now? Exactly. And that's where it's going to be. He's going to kind of get, he could, you know, go find that later on. I mean, it took Andrew Wiggins years to figure out this shit, you mm-hmm. know? So there is like hope that like you get it figured out, but I just don't know. I don't know how many games you have to tinker with. Right. I, I think that that's really the the question now. So 
I think seeing Colby minutes up top is likely. Like, I mean, high rotation. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's also likely we see Duarte in the starting lineup or even Davion minutes, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Davion's going to get, he's going to get minutes anyways because. I mean, uh, starting. You think he's going to start? Oh, as a starter? I don't know about that simply <sighs> because I don't know how the coaching staff would feel about Fox guarding twos, especially like the yeah, ones. Right. And I mean, in the West, they, there are a lot of good twos and threes. So, you know, you, you throw Davion out there, cool. You take away their, their point of attack ball handler. But yeah. Well, let's look at Other like the Phoenix Suns, right? right for they, got, example. they got Beal and Booker. Right. right. So, like, you got to throw Fox at one of those regardless. Right. And you're throwing Herder at the other one. Like, I'm kind of like, this is kind of what I mean is yeah. like, when you think about Davion as a starter, it's like, the question isn't, do you want Fox to guard a two guard? It's, do you want, I mean, Fox is keeping himself in front of guys now. He's right. got, he's always had the foot speed to do it. And he's mm-hmm. kind of got the mental awareness to be getting it done now. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. I kind of would rather him guard two guards sometimes than have Kevin guard two guards. Yeah. Cause Kevin, Kevin is a, is bigger for a two guard. He's six, seven. Yes. Right. And so at that stature, especially if you just don't have the natural lateral quickness and, and foot speed, you can, you can get, I mean, that happens to him all the time when he's guarding like actual Blown teams out there. Yeah. So yeah. 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 yeah that's, that, just, that's an I, interesting. The, 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 the backup guard rotation has definitely been thrown into a weird place throughout yeah. preseason. I really don't know how they're going to manage minutes there. It yeah. seems like maybe four or five guys have rights to him right now. Yeah. Like, you know, or has claim to him. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't even know what the third point guard situation is going to be this is like. interesting can we jump into this this is my one hot take out okay. of the preseason okay. i i talked last podcast about how i was always concerned with the big man depth right like going into last season my kind of at that time the kings hadn't signed javel mcgee yet yeah that's true <laughs> which has been a, a, rev, a revelation yes. for our defense <laughs> um i am a little bit worried about I think it, it, the offense is fantastic, mm. but it looks almost entirely different when De'Aaron Fox is not the guy with the ball. Sure, and I think that we all love Sabonis's playmaking ability and his willingness to operate as like this like hub of offense. Yeah, but there's still a different look when De'Aaron Fox gets the ball in his hands mm-hmm. and he's like a legitimate passing threat mm-hmm. versus everyone else on the team. Yeah, I really think that backup ball handling is going to become like a thing where I love Malik Monk, but you can only spam the pick and roll so many times before it's like, okay, this is going to become limited at some point. Mm -hmm. And Davion is a, is a, he's shooting the fuck out of the ball right now. So that, that child looks good. Huge improvement. Yeah. His stroke looks so much nicer, but I still am a little bit worried about his vision he seems limited by his size in that way, mm-hmm. in a way that Fox isn't. I don't know. I'm just the backup point guard is like my the the little the little alarm clock that keeps going on in my head. Okay, so what you, you switch from the big rotation to the to the point guard rotation. Yeah, That's, now you're a little worried about that. Well, I'm less worried about defense, which is kind right. of why it I think is peculiar. Mm-hmm. Is like you're like, well, this offense is going to be potent no matter what, and I'm like, I think you're going to see like a huge drop off because not only not having Fox on the court, but then it it ends up being like Mitchell Monk, Keegan, Trey Lyles, Sasha, plug plug in who you want at the four Harrison Mm -hmm. and then Domas. Right. And 
Domas can operate with all those guys as shooters, but Malik Monk is really the only one who dribbles, penetrates effectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then like Davion doesn't, Keegan maybe, you know, I think time will tell if that that level of his leap is like for real. He yeah. certainly was yeah. putting it on the floor more during the classic and the oh my goodness. summer he, league. He and looked this. incredible in that game yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, but that is one of my preseason things where it's like, are these guys guarding him this hard or are they going off scouting reports from last year, sure. you know, that he's really not a dribble threat. Mm-hmm. So if he proves to be a dribble threat, okay, great. But man, just like Fox might be the only guy who can really get a, a, a bucket headed to the lane like that i don't know it's just a little bit nerve-wracking for me uh, maybe i'm just traumatized yeah maybe you are i this am th- i the only one seeing this um no i because okay. i get where you're coming from i'm i'm just a little bit more curious as to as to be behind those two guys because last year it was you know people had their opinions about whether or not matthew delvadova should have made the team or not people were thinking oh he's going to be a nice yeah veteran presence and they were thinking that was it but whenever fox or davion were whenever they were hurt he stepped in he, he ran a fucking offense dude guy he's just a, just a good basketball player yeah. honestly and i'm biased because i've loved him since college yeah and i've always wanted a saint mary's player on the team but when he when he when he came into games he 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 showed why he was on the team beyond just being that calming veteran presence yeah. you know so that's the thing is he was a great insurance policy to fall back on in the event of an injury. Yeah. This year, I mean, they did have they did have Jalen Noel on the on on the team, and then literally after the game, I think it was after the game on yeah Thursday. He got uh, yeah he, yeah they they decided to waive him. Um, I so now now I don't know. I mean, I is it your guy Keon Ellis? Maybe so it's Keon and it's Jordan Ford. Yeah, both those guys are point guards. I think both those guys can be third point guards in the NBA for sure. But again, biased opinion for both of those guys yeah. because Jordan Ford also played at St. Mary's, and of course Keon and I are best buds. So, <laughs> so I. But the thing is, is you can only have those guys up on the main roster for a maximum of sixty games. Now I, I believe it is yeah. for two way players. And then two-way players can't play in the playoffs. So if you're going to, you know, roll with one of those two guys as your backup point, or as your third point guard, at some point you will have to convert one of them to a standard contract. Right. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know if that's what they plan on doing. Yeah. But I think at this point, if they're both on two ways, then they're probably going to keep those guys with that flexibility to send them back and forth between Stockton and all that stuff. Keep them on a lower salary as well because a two-way isn't as much as a a veteran's minimum. And then maybe make that decision later. I'm not sure. But, you know, we're a long way away from, from, I think, finding out if that's a riddle that Monty McNair even needs to solve because, you know, I actually, yeah, I I think, you know, this is just an observation. But I, after both of the home preseason games, I was able to talk to Keon, um, say what's up to him. Uh, he was nice enough to to he was. Super you guys nice. probably just had some beers. No, two, two, two no. guys hanging out. Oh, dude, dude no, he's eating he's, wings. He's he's an athlete, so he can't he can't have beer. You drink a beer for him? Uh, yeah, I said you know whatever you order, I'll drink for you, but uh, you gotta stay in shape, dude. Yeah, um, we need you on the floor. Exactly, this year, man. Bud. We need you in Stockton and in Sacramento this year, so <laughs> don't mess around. But no, he his opinion about the offense was he he really doesn't feel as if they even need a true point guard out there most of the time because obviously domos yeah but also just the way that the offense functions like if you if you really watch the offense and if you really see how it works and look if any of you 
know me on Twitter, you know that I interact with King's Film Room a lot. If you if you yeah. want to know what the offense is all about, go look up King's Film Room stuff. He'll he's got plenty of videos on YouTube and on his page about how the offense works and what kind of sets that we run. And and when Keon said that, I was like, yeah, you know what, I I can kind of see that. So maybe that doesn't make a need for a third point guard that prescient, right? Yeah. And then you can spend that roster spot elsewhere. But also, like, what happens if somebody gets hurt? You know, like, yeah. then, then what? You know, yeah. and and that's that's really what I'm more concerned about is when you have to break the glass in case of an emergency. Like, who do you call on? Um, you know, obviously there are guys out there you can probably sign and bring in in a yeah. pinch, but. If they do have faith in both Keon and Jordan to get called up to the main roster, play the backup point guard in a, a backup point guard spot and take some minutes and play in a pinch, then great. Um, if not, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but if that is your one position of concern, then I think you're doing okay because that means the rest that, of your roster is doing that is pretty good. I, right? That's like, how I kind of feel about it overall. I like we. I'm sure you've seen a ton of shit bouncing around NBA media landscape. That's mm-hmm. like Kings are going to be. I think Hollinger had us as the 11 seed. Hollinger, Hollinger. What, what did he do to John? Hall- I, I and don't Zach know. Harper? What did Drew? What did you do to them? I feel I like, feel like you did. It was you. Did the city? You of Sacramento, did. You did something, Drew. Did the city I, of I Sacramento like do something to the Athletic as a publisher? <laughs> because know. we've been, we've been, we've had Lakers fan Jason Jones, right, right. right. And then Zach Harper is from Sacramento, and he won't say a nice thing about this no, fucking man. place. And then John Hollinger, for some odd, did something happen while he was know. the GM? Did did like I don't know? Did Pete D'Alessandro get the best of him one time or something? And now I, he's I, holding I, it against I, us. The, no, I look, John. <laughs> John, no way that happened. John You're Hollinger right. lost himself that job. He was part of the front office in Memphis that gave Chandler Parsons yeah. ninety four million dollars. One of my favorite things. And then and then quickly they found out. Oh, this guy like can't even run anymore. Yeah. and they failed to look at his medicals correctly. I that'll that'll make me you know if I was Hollinger and I was a part of that that make me salty for a while too but i don't know i don't get the the kings thing he's never had a good thing to say about the kings i think the last even sort of good thing he said about the kings was he was really high on amias Keda as a draft prospect so when the kings got him in the draft in 2021 he was like hey i actually like this guy that was maybe the last nice sort of nice thing and he and he was about. dead wrong yeah and he ended up being <laughs> wrong i, I right? mean yeah. i don't mean to be mean to Keda, but me know. neither because yeah. i i i yeah thought namias was a really Nice guy, really, you know, yes. so, hey, solid dude. But. I saw him in the California Classic a few years ago, and I was like, that's our guy. Mm. And then, yeah, a lot of people ever, were saying that. Ever since then, I was like, that's not our guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, there was a ton of stuff that was just going around that's just like, well, the Kings are going to be in decline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all yeah. hypotheticals. They were saying, no, they, they were saying they're going to get injured. Right. That's why they're going to be worse this yeah, year. Yeah, it would be it would be tragic, Drew, and stop me stop me if you think otherwise, but it would be tragic if like our best player like broke his thumb oh, yeah. like fifteen yeah. season fifteen games in the season and then just decided to play through. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? A player can decide that like this injury isn't gonna prevent me mm-hmm. from taking my team to the playoffs and then yeah, the team yeah. sees success off of it. Right. And maybe we shouldn't be like dinged as being healthy exactly because yeah. we have players who give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've I'm sure it's happened before where a guy decided to play through an injury. Yes. Even though it was kind of a bad one. But I, I can't really think of a Yeah, there's nothing time. that like jumps to the mind. And, yeah, and maybe, maybe we gotta jog our memory a little bit right. about when the last time it was that that happened. It's but so silly. Why, it's, it's, why it's is odd. that like you know, our re- fault? The rhetoric is weird too, because then it kind of seems like they're rooting for an injury to happen. Yes. <laughs> Just so they can be right. Yeah. 
I like if if you were like Literally. giving honest predictions, you would you should be factoring in what is the 15 names in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you shouldn't be like cuz I saw someone's else's article was like they assumed so and so will make a trade at the midseason. Right. And you're like, okay, well, fair. Okay, I think we're going to get Giannis at the midseason. So yeah. I got the Kings as the one seed. Like, yeah. it's just silly. Like, I to justify your, I think what's a very fair take is I got no fucking idea about the West. Like, that is like, that, if, if I was publishing an article, I know that doesn't maybe sell any papers, but same here. that's what I would say if I was John Hollinger is yeah. like, I got, I got uh, the Pelicans last, and that's about it. What about the Blazers? I think the Blazers are going to be good. You're, wow. Okay. I think, dude, the Blazers, like, on paper, okay, this is my Pelicans take, is what the <laughs> fuck is that team I don't even? Know. I don't even understand what they are as a roster construction at this yeah. point. And then you have the lingering questions about the guys actually on the team. I think Zion the, specifically. Zion specifically, but mm-hmm. I mean, BI to an extent as well, where it's like, right. how, how crippled is this guy by the rotating cast around him? Isn't there some ridiculous stat that. Him, McCollum, and Zion have played like five games together. It's not that or, many. It's like yeah, an insane. Like, many. how do you even develop? Yeah, is this the next superstar that goes somewhere? And Portland, I'm like, everything I heard about Scoot Henderson is like, oh, he, he's, he's, he's gonna legit. be good. He's gonna be good. He's, and then Jeremy Grant's a good basketball player. Yeah, I wouldn't have given him 140 million or whatever, or 160 million or whatever. It Me was, neither. But, yeah, you know, that's why they don't give me the the book though. Yeah. I would have just given Fox another although, extension. <laughs> although, I I follow a lot of Blazers fans on yeah. social media. They're they're already not. They're pretty down on that team. Really? Yeah. In the preseason, they are not impressed by Chris Murray. Oh, really? Poor guy. Um, and he was always the brother that was going to need a little bit more development, a little bit more time. So sure. I hope they're patient with him because uh, he's not Keegan. They're not the same player. They're just twins, not the same player. Yeah. Um. And they got Scoot, which is awesome. They do have Inferno Simons. Hooper. Yeah. He'll be he'll be he'll be pretty good, I think. I think those two long term are gonna be a pretty fun duo. But it's really around them I have question marks, and then people Well let me ask this questioning is it, Chauncey Billups. That, that I think is like the biggest question mark yeah. for sure is the coach. Yeah. But also like is the Mavs coaching situation any less fucking weird? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Is like, yeah. it, would it be crazy to think the Blazers finish eleven and the Mavs finish twelve? That's not like that's crazy, not crazy in me. That's not crazy. And uh, what I was gonna say about uh, about the Blazers is like, I also like you could conceivably tell me Shaden Sharp is gonna take the biggest jump of any NBA player this year, and I would oh, like dude. believe that. Like that kid, he like awesome. started playing really well at the end of the year last year. And he was like good for, you know, he was fine for the the entire thing. He just is a project. So it's like if that guy if that guy takes a leap and and Scoot Henderson becomes good and then DeAndre Ayton figures out whatever, you know, he finishes his spiritual journey, figures out what, <laughs> figures out what kind of basketball player he wants to be. Like, yeah, I'm just I think that like Portland has like less question marks than the the Mavs to me are a team if I had to give like my NBA hot take, I think the Mavs could be without Luca and Kyrie by the end of the season. I think that is a legitimate thing, man, where they are going to look at themselves at some point in the season and go, Kyrie does not want to be here. Mm-hmm. We have a ton of redundancy in the backcourt. But if we trade Kyrie, which we can do, 
We can go out and get those Lakers two picks or see whatever Miami was offering for Dame. We could go try to get make that deal, but in doing so, we got to trade Luca. I, I just don't think it's ever going to work with Luca there with how gassed this whole situation has yeah. been. I, I think this would be the, the time to start moving him. That's my hot take. Kyrie, though, do you think it's going to be something weird that I, keeps him off I the court? I don't know. <laughs> I, really, I honestly just like think it's season. going to be getting coached by Jason Kidd. Okay. I really think Jason Kidd's that bad of a head coach. Uh, maybe maybe I'm in the minority there. I don't really follow the... He's, I think the opinion on him is the same as it's always been, which is he's fine, but okay. he's not... He's I He hasn't proven that he can be the coach that can take you quite far. I think the year that they got to the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors after they <coughs> an, after Luka went nuts and they annihilated Phoenix in the, yep. in the, in the semis in 2022, I think... That was more okay. Luca's having his moment right now, and you kind of can't stop him. And he kind of carried that team because once they went up against a healthy Warriors squad in that in that in that Western Conference Finals, it was like, oh, okay, like there's definitely a, a huge gap here, and it's a talent disparity and also a roster construction disparity. They've always kind of had a funky roster around him, and it's not his fault that he's the player that he is. But that is tough to play around. You see it with yeah. Trey, you, you see it with Trey Young a little bit too. Yeah, but is it the Luca the Luca usage question is like a chicken in the egg situation mm-hmm. because yeah. he doesn't look like a guy who couldn't play differently. Yeah. Like he's got insane vision. Mm-hmm. You're telling me he couldn't play with the ball in his hands less. Like he could be a guy who offense runs through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he to me he like. I think that the Dallas Mavericks legitimately have no idea what they're doing. It's. That's what yeah. they feel like to me, and they've they've luckily had enough assets to throw at the wall, but they've gotten little to no return. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis goes to Washington and has the best season of his he career. Did. He looked really, really good. Yeah, yeah. It, like I, I, to me, I'm just like I'm supposed to believe that somehow having two point guards fixes your guys' issues. No, that, that that's the thing. You is know, it doesn't it, it's it's everything around them. It yeah. really is. And then you know to to get Kyrie. They gave up Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, dude, the Nets have all the wings in the league right now. Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridge. Dorian Finney-Smith, last year, kind of a down year for him, I guess, um, from what I remember at least. But the the season before that, he was like the best corner three-point shooter in yeah, the league. Yeah, he was excellent. I wanted and, him really badly. Yeah, and he's like just your prototypical 3 and D guy. Got a really reasonable contract, too. Great for him, given you know his draft status and like kind of where he came from. Yeah. But super affordable and then they had to ship him off with picks in order to get Kyrie and they thought that was going to solve everything and they didn't even make the play in so no, yeah they yeah, they I, ended up I, stinking with them yeah man i don't yeah. know this is this is where this this disclaimer becomes important is i'm a fan I've got no interest in like becoming like a basketball mind. Yeah. So if you're sitting at home right now going, "What the fuck are you talking about? They would never <laughs> trade Luka." I'm saying that as a fan if I'm a Mavs fan, it's the Mike Trout debate. You know, you probably you probably traded the Angels have probably held on to Mike Trout for three years too long. Yeah, and they should have Poor traded guy. him and optimized. Like this is a business. Although, can, if they traded the greatest player of this generation, it'd be the Angels. It would be the one team that I would not trust to properly, yeah, develop the prospects they get in return. <laughs> Dude, that's what I mean. If I, so, if I'm Mark Cuban, this is exactly what happens, yeah. right? Is if, if I'm Mark Cuban and this season starts to tailspin maybe around like December, mm-hmm. I'm going, okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm 
cleaning house. I'm getting everyone out by the deadline. I'll keep the front office until the end of the season. But I guess that is the question. Is like who who do they have down there? The dude from they have dude. Dame. He was like a yeah. They have Dame's the, Nike rep or whatever. Or, okay, so that's and so that's the other thing is this guy was not the guy who drafted Luca, and and not only was this the guy that didn't draft Luca, Donnie Nelson Jr. He he was aggressive. Yeah, he knew years before the 2018 draft that that's going to be our guy. Yeah. Now he needed a few things to happen. One of them was for one of the teams in front of him to just be stupid. Could have been anyone. And it could have been literally anyone. Any team would and, have made and that any, mistake. And any team would have or could have made that mistake. Marvin Bagley looked like a sure but, thing. <laughs> but, but it happened. And then and then he seized the moment. He was able to trade up two yeah. picks, swap with Atlanta. It's really worked out pretty well for both those teams involved in that trade. Yeah. One got Trey Young, one got Luka Doncic, right? But Donnie Nelson's no longer there. They have that, they have that Nike exec guy. I don't I don't know how committed he is to Luca because he wasn't the guy who yeah. drafted Luca. And so now there's yeah, it's, especially when you see some of the trade deals flying around the league right now. Yeah, Are dude. you not interested in getting seven first round picks? Dude, they could have, you know, first round picks, you know, you know, when the when the Timberwolves absolutely nuked the trade market by trading like everything for Rudy Gobert of yeah. all people, that probably would have been the perfect moment to strike. Yeah. But they didn't. But I think that like it I would. It would be a respectable decision. Mm-hmm. It would be awful, and they'd get torn apart for it. But it would be the right decision, I think. If this, and by the way, the Los Angeles Clippers are in this exact same bag right now, yeah. where it's like no one is going to like think you guys are dumb for bowing out. Everyone is kind of going to make fun of you for being like, "Haha, you guys couldn't do it." But everyone is going to see that in six years, that's the right decision because mm-hmm. Luca's not re-signing there. There's just no fucking way. That a guy, he's supposed to be making a ton of money internationally. Like, brand-wise, he's supposed to be this giant entity. And you don't even see the guy in the playoffs last year. It's wild. Brutal. I mean, like, if I'm that guy's brand manager, I'm like, we're getting the fuck out of Dallas. Like, there's just no way to, like, keep putting your eggs in the basket. Is like, Mark Cuban's ego going to be controlling this team or not? Mm -hmm. Because that is what the reports are that seem to be coming out. Is like, he seems too hands-on now. With Nico Horner, is that their GM's name? Nico something. Oh, that, that sounds right. Nico yeah. something. I could yeah. be. I um, could be wrong. But anyway, um, that was that was my and that was my only real hot take of the season. Was my other one got scrubbed right away. It got scrubbed right <laughs> and that away. What, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, oh yeah, I'd love to. I think I talked about it on the last podcast. Oh, well, was a, a DG for Jalen Brown swap would have helped both sides tremendously. Darius Garland for for Jalen Brown oh. before the before the, the Drew Holiday trade. It would have needed there would have needed to be pieces going across. Mm-hmm. But both of those players, the Cleveland needs a guy like Jalen Brown and the Celtics needed a guy like Darius Garland. And I was like, if they could make that work, that would be that would be like the ultimate all star swap, I yeah. think. Like those teams would both net benefit from that. Anyway, that was those were my only two hot takes is the Mavs are gonna blow up and uh could happen for some reason the, the realistic chance the happens. cavaliers should get off darius garland that was one of my other takes i'm not sure why but i, I love, I love it was. darius garland though. I, I i am a huge believer i yeah. think he's steph 2.0 i i was bummed that he tore his acl like seven games into his college career and it did kind of impact his draft status because if he was healthy that year he probably would have been taking a lot higher yeah um but 
so glad that things have worked out for him and he's dude already an all-star and all that stuff like i he's got they they got they got a they got a bright future there in cleveland him evan mobley jared allen um donovan mitchell we'll see i don't know how are long you not a d around. mitch believer oh i like i like i like d mitch okay but i just don't know if he's going to be there long term interesting um, so, i've heard that a couple times yeah now. do you think the knicks are still on the table for that um i don't know yeah but they do want him obviously yeah. they're they they're that's they're one fans. of the they're, funniest their their fans were like convinced that he was going to be a nick i mean dude and, it's like the the most obvious case of collusion that never happened yeah i mean yeah maybe the chris paul trade maybe the chris paul lakers trade. right right perhaps that was oh yeah that was so weird that was bad um but yeah i don't understand how yeah, dude the his dad played for thibodeau thibodeau was an assistant on a right. team his dad played for yeah i'm, I'm like <laughs> all this awesome. all this like tampering legal and illegal tampering and all it's i'm like dude yeah, you guys great. need to just I, I yeah that that whole saga was weird during the season like knicks fans were like oh we're we're getting we're getting we're getting donovan yeah and then, you know it's Never happened. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess it was two seasons ago. Never happened. And then, you know, obviously he ends up in Cleveland. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Shout out to Drew Holiday real quick. You know, yeah, big I shout just, out. Huge shout out. I uh, I did post about this on Twitter, but if you didn't see it years ago, I think this was at the beginning of 2021, I started a group chat on Instagram. I, I just searched for people whose names were J-R-U-E and I added us into a group chat. And I remember I started the group chat and I said, gentlemen, sure you know why we're all here and that chat was active for a good while and then it kind of just like every now and then I'd, I'd pop in and say something or whatever and then coincidentally that year was the year the bucks won the title too so when he won an nba title we were all just like yeah man we want we want a championship as drews and then he also won a gold medal that year too because the little yeah. got delayed a year and uh yeah so when he got traded to uh what was it, it was uh where first Portland, Portland, right, yeah. and then and then yeah, and then he got shipped off to to Boston. I'm like, wow, guys, like we got traded twice in, in, such, in such a short space of time, and and the jokes are kind of flying in there. Uh, but I just wanted to, I wanted to shout out Drew Holiday and shout out all the other guys in the I named I named that chat the Drew Crew. Yeah. So shout out to shout out to shout those out, guys. Shout out the Drew Crew, big time, <laughs> dude. I've got this. How about I'll say if we're ever gonna have an NBA player or a former NBA player, it's either got to be Drew Holiday. Or the guy I want to have, Drew Gooden. Okay. I fucking love Drew Gooden growing up, dude. Oh, Drew King, Go- King's legend. Yeah. Played, Drew, what was he? Played one game. He played one game for us, and he had a had a hell of a run on the Cavs. I used to love watching Drew Gooden. I think it was truly because I was like, that guy's got the same name as me. Yeah. I, so I I'd really, love to have Drew Gooden. On. I realize how old we were when I mentioned the name Drew Gooden, and it apparently there's a YouTuber by the name of Drew Gooden, and that's oh. the more famous Drew Gooden now. Not in my brain, dude. No, not in my brain. It'll always be the the bald guy who can It's always going to be Drew Gooden from UCLA for me. Always. (laughs) Always. Yeah. Or uh, are you familiar with the baseball player Andrew Jones? Yes. Andrew and D-R-U-W. That's another dream guest for us. We should try to collect all of the different versions of the Drew. Yeah, we need to collect the Drew Infinity Stones out there and then and then have them all as guests on the pod. Yeah, the Infinity Stones. That's exactly it. I think the next thing we should talk about is Keegan. Yeah, go ahead. Let's hear it. What do you got? He's good. He's very good at basketball. <laughs> He's quite good at basketball. They just and a uh, good teammate. Yeah, great teammate. Not man. letting Colby Jones. Not letting the he rookie said, throw up on yeah, the floor. Yeah, you know, I, like, hey, I love Mike Brown. I don't think he's got that great of a Keegan impression, though. No, I, I, I disagree. I, yeah, people I, were like, "It's good." I'm like, mm. yeah, 
I, I, I'm again, might be biased here, but I think mine's, mine's a little better. Okay. You know? Hold on. Go ahead. Theater okay. of the mind here. This okay. is what podcasting is okay. all about. This I'll get is, off mic. this is okay. This is, this was to me, this is what, this is, this was probably what Mike Brown heard when Keegan went over there and he said that Kobe's going to throw up. He probably went over there and he was like, coach, we're going to need a timeout coach. Cause Kobe's going to throw up any second now. That's fantastic. T- time out, time out, please. You know, and he's probably, he's probably begging, but you, you can't tell that he was desperate and he was, and it was an urgent matter because Keegan doesn't have emotions. Right. Yeah. Did you see? So the Kings, that, by the way, that is an excellent Keegan Murray impression. Thanks. You should give yourself some credit. Yeah. Thanks, give yourself, man. I appreciate that. Clip that and put that on Twitter. I, no, nah, I probably I, I don't want minute I don't want I don't want his dad to get mad at me. I got, I got, I got a chance to meet his dad at the first playoff game. Such a nice guy. He was with Chris too. Oh, so they're cool. both there. Got a chance to meet both of them. That must have freaked some casual fans out, dude. Oh, that oh that that Seeing Chris was Chris, sitting in. You're the, like, what the fuck? Dude, yeah, that's him. It was my my friend and my cousin were sitting in the section like two sections over, and they saw this guy who looks just like Keegan sitting. <laughs> Next, they're like, well, doesn't he's got a game in like twenty minutes? And then they realize, oh, it's Chris. And so they That's went over so there funny. and they took a picture with them. And then they sent me the picture. And I'm like, where was that? And I sprinted over there. Um, incredibly nice family though. Uh, met his mom and his sister too. They're all like literally yeah. the nicest. Be- the the Midwest hospitality, nice person stereotype, totally true. Um, funniest thing that happened during that though was uh, was in the middle of my conversation with Kenyon, his dad. Yeah. This guy comes over to me. Pretty sure he was drunk. And he goes, Yo, it's local guy, man. What the hell is up? Starts like hugging me and like shaking me. He's like, Bro, we got to get a selfie. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, For sure, man. And then I, he just didn't realize like who I was talking That's to. That's so good. And then he turns to Kenyon Murray and he goes, Yo, do you know who this is? It's freaking local guy, man, from Twitter. <laughs> I was like, "All right, man, <laughs> like, go, uh, please, know, get yeah. out of here." And then he, and then he, he tweeted at me. It was either he tweeted at me or he messaged <laughs> me later on that night. And he goes, "He goes, dude, my bad. It just clicked in my head that you were." You were talking to Keegan Murray's dad and brother when I walked up to you and I said, "What's up?" And I was like, "Hey, man, it's all good, dude. It's it, it's cool." But uh, I I looked I looked kind of cool in front of in front of Keegan's yeah, dad. And you should have so been like fucking fans, dude. Keegan was, you know how it is, man. Yeah. So Keegan's dad, Kenyon was nice enough to like he 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 followed me back after that, and then you know I messaged him and I was like, "It honestly such a pleasure. Like like we we love your family and all that stuff. Like Sacramento is so grateful to have you." Um, but what that also means is now that he follows me, he sees my tweets. I'm sure all off season, he was probably like, what was, what is this guy's deal? Because when I'm not tweeting about basketball, I could be tweeting about anything. Anything. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know how he'd feel about my, uh, about just some random guy doing a Keegan impression. Like what if it's too good and he gets sensitive? No, he'll it? love it, dude. He loves, I bet those guys, those guys, it must be so trippy for them uh, that their kids have fans. Isn't that wild? They're so normal too. They were the most. They were the nicest, most normal, most regular people I've ever met, and yet they have. They legitimately have two sons in the NBA now. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. I had a, I had one of my professors was telling a story the other day, but anyway, the the whole story was that he got like really nice tickets to the River Cats game. Okay. from one of his coworkers, mm-hmm. and he like asked her, and he's like, "Hey, you know, this is a few years back when the." river cats fed into the a's mm-hmm. he was like those were insane tickets who like how do you how'd you get those and she's like oh my grandson is billy bean 
And you're like, damn, dude, that's wild. There's just a lady walking around Sacramento whose grandson is the general. They, they, made, they made a movie. Brad they Pitt made, played him in a movie. That, they made an Academy Award yeah. nominated movie. Yeah. Wow. It's just like insane to From me that grandson. like, you know, it, it is really, and uh, my media day experience can really be summarized as that is like, it was a really nice experience to see like that these guys are humans. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. Chris Duarte sweet as pie dude really that guy is so fucking seems like nice. a sweetheart and he was super super uh vulnerable he was mm-hmm. totally fine like just really being himself mm-hmm. and you're just like god damn bro this is just like a dude like at the <laughs> end of the day this is just a guy and uh i'm sure kenyon murray feels similarly especially with the the fanfare around both of his dude, kids you yeah. know especially in sacramento he probably knows that Chris Murray's got a, a roster spot in Sacramento no matter what. Yeah, he we'd love to have they're hundred yeah, if he ever midseason trade? If Mont yeah, if Kess, Mont Kessler if, Edwards for if, Chris, <laughs> Chris Murray's well, straight. Seems up. like a fair trade to me. Um, <laughs> Who says no? Uh to uh, to wrap up my thoughts on on Ken I'm sorry, on Keegan Murray. I'm getting mixed up on Yes. On Keegan Murray. Um the the leap's happening. It's big time. It's 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 gonna happen. Your thoughts? I thought that there was that that throwdown dunk he had was like, you know, you could pretty much put a pin in that. I said it on the last episode. I noticed it game four of the playoffs last year. He looked Dude, like a totally different that guy. That was his coming. I think he just likes playing in that arena now, too, because he went off that yeah. last preseason game. That was awesome. In in Golden or in San Francisco. Yeah. It was it was so sick. Um but I thought that that that, that hammer that he threw down was kind of emblematic of the the leap, mm-hmm. which is like there's no more two dribble half pivots and passes back yeah. out to Domas, who's then doing a handoff to Herder. This motherfucker's getting his bucket, and that is really, I think, what I did not see in Keegan Murray as far as like draft stock went when mm-hmm. it was Ivy versus Murray, which is like I did not see how this guy he he didn't show anything like that, and yeah. that was always the worry. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great, he's a, a spot up shooter. Awesome, but you know you can get that at pick eleven. We yeah. want we want skill that you get at pick four. Yeah, and yeah, that one dunk. You're like, oh, all right, that's what Monty McNair saw. Yeah, um, yeah, he he's he just he just looks different out there, man. He's, he's a he's a grown man playing yeah, basketball he, he, right now. He, he really is, and I'll never get over. You know, the Kings drop their city edition uniforms yes. today as of a few hours ago yeah i want to go look and, at him again. Uh, he, i want to go get angry again he uh he, yeah we'll get to your opinion on those but they posted a picture of him and you know doing a photo shoot in the new jersey and that guy looks like he would rather be doing anything else besides play back like playing basketball professionally yep. in the photo that they posted of him yeah. which makes it even funnier i posted a video of him saying um uh, you know they played at their first preseason preseason game was in Vancouver. Yep, and I thought it was the funniest thing. Dude, they sent Keegan out there. I was watching it on the streams, and I was like, "God damn it, that's funny!" And then that I saw you put it on Twitter, and I was so happy. Hilarious because Trey Lyles is literally Canadian. Right, like this is the Canada games, right? Like, put Trey Lyles out there. Jordy Fernandez is the right. He's the head Canadian basketball of Canada national team coach. Yep. They and, said, and Jay Triano, former Raptors. Like, there's all Jay kinds Triano's of, Canadian, right? There's, yep, you had so kinds. many options. It clearly was the team saying, we're going to troll Keegan yeah. by having him go out there and say something. And the second, it was hilarious because he had his hand on his chin like this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the PA guy goes, all right, over you, Keegan. And he just goes, 
Alright, what's up, Vancouver? Oh my god, I immediately lost it, dude. It was it was so funny. And then the and then when I posted the clip, I posted it in quotes, right? I said, What's up, Vancouver? And then it just put LMFAO, right? And then once it once it took off and it went outside of our target audience, which was just Kings fans, that's when I said that's when that's when I know basketball season is back is when I get yelled at for something yeah. that I probably shouldn't be getting yelled at for. Yeah. But I had a whole bunch of people going, uh, well actually uh, this game was in Canada, so I don't understand like why like what's so funny? Kings fans understood why it was funny. Right. It's because it's freaking Keegan. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like wh- why is he out there talking on a mic? Like that's hilarious. Well, but then once it, it also reaches funny, people outside of the fan base, that's when it gets I don't know how much you clipped of it, but the guy doing the salutations for the Raptors yeah. was Gary Trent Jr. Yes. Who was cool as a fucking cucumber in yep. his in his like little like pre thing. Yep. And that's what made it really funny to me is they go to Keegan and he's the like contrast. he's like, What's up everyone? And then like they, <laughs> they kick it over to Gary Trent and he's all Vancouver, what's up, y'all? Make some noise. Yeah. Like he's like very clearly yep. like rising to the has occasion. so much charisma. Dude. He's like, let's have a safe, let's have a fun night, guys, and let's get you know everybody get home after the game. And, and Keegan was already to the bench. Yeah, and time Keegan's Gary's just like, when can I when can I give this <laughs> mic? I'd, back I'd like to, to play basketball. Yeah, he's just like he's the man, dude. He's 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 just like all right, uh, yeah. It's, uh, and then like the the other funny thing he said in that clip was uh, yeah, it's great to be in your city for the first time. It's like no 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 we've been there before Keegan there used to be a team there but <laughs> yeah. he's just too young to know that <laughs> yeah, right? right so yeah dude it was just hilarious but I yeah love that was that was the moment where I was like okay yeah NBA season must be around the corner because there are people you were getting chirped by yelling at of... me and I feel like I'm in trouble for something that I shouldn't be in trouble for oh yeah that means the season's close you were get you were getting chirped by like. Like a like a hoodie Poku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was getting I was getting I was getting I was getting owned. I was getting ratioed by a Darius Baisley season on Twitter. That's that's Which by the way, that might have been why Jalen Noel got cut, dude. It might be Darius Baisley. Hey, you season. know what? If that does happen, it makes sense. Apparently the Kings were interested in him yeah. at the deadline last year. Yeah, so he's kind rumors. of a player that I, that has always kind of made sense. But isn't he kind so. of redundant right now? Like given the so. current roster. I, I don't know. So. Everyone's I saw everyone throwing that out. I'm yeah, like, it seems that they're going to go for a two to three guard. And it's weird they let go of a point guard to maybe, you know, like yeah, maybe right. get another wing in here. Anywho, yeah. I, w- I wanted to wrap this thing up with you talking about your media day experience. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I will say this, man. It was it was really insane and very cool and like everything that you think it would be. Um, I will say this. As a Kings fan, I could not have been more pleased with one the professionalism of everyone in the organization like everyone who was there on behalf of the kings was incredibly kind incredibly informative whenever we needed help with something um all of the social media team for the kings is rad and then this is where fans should get some solace is the monty mcnair type is real those guys are legitimately cool guys we did not have there was one player and I'll, I'll say their name because I think it's like the most understandable player. The one player who was prickly was JaVale McGee. <laughs> but it's like, dude, this is year 16 of yeah, him having man, some dude. dipshit ask him a question. Yeah, he doesn't he's, give he's a probably fuck. so over media fuck days. No. He's, he's new too. He's like, He doesn't know anybody. Yeah, he's not he's comfortable like, yet. He's probably just like moving into his place in this area. Mm-hmm. And then he's got to come do media day. And then you've got some asshole in a pair of corduroy pants and a fucking vintage hat throwing a fucking would you rather his way. Of course he's like, fuck this. But even after we got into the bit... He was very nice, and mm-hmm. he answered it very earnestly, and 
dude, every single guy was cool. Davion was a little bit thorny at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I made him laugh one time. He immediately opened up. Every The worst reaction I got was skepticism, and which was immediately <laughs> negated by laughter. Like, it was so cool. All the guys, Malik Monk is oh, dude, the man. That clip with him, you know, because um, I, I, I can't reveal who, but essentially I'm being told to to help with the King's viral marketing campaign sure. by by posting content on on on, uh-huh. on, on their behalf um, for free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of you, yeah. But uh, no, I I saw the clip that they posted of you interviewing. Uh, Fox and Malik, and it was the clip of you talking about the script, right? Yes. Malik's hilarious. Dude. That was, he seemed so down to earth and so just engaging and just, I mean, we all we all knew he's just hell by the way he plays, such a charismatic guy. Man. So it just, it just made sense. Like, just he would be a great oo- interview. That guy is oozing personality. Mm-hmm. If that guy's not a media personality, if that guy doesn't have a podcast when he's retired... We are all at a disservice. The first thing that happened that made me laugh was like we're set up right next to the the NBA PA, so like okay. it's us. We're like doing our bits, and okay. then they have to go to this this other booth right next to us and change into like I, the 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 players' association. Right, just mwah, beautiful union. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let them wear their team's gear during the interviews. They had them fucking full wardrobe changing into NBA PA gear. Wow! And so the guys are like doing all that, and I can tell that's like a tedious thing. And Herder is like one of the first guys out, and he goes to the NBA PA like immediately. And then Malik, there's one weird thing about media day that threw me off: is everyone's got a handler. Oh, which, yeah, which okay. feels like it makes them feel like they're like you know like yeah, Disney being like characters, herded, herded like cattle almost. Right? Yeah, yeah, or like yeah, it felt like um, you know, it felt like you had to ask for like their parents' permission before they did anything. <laughs> like they're just standing from like you to me, and Cisco, my fantastic videographer. Shout out me. Cisco. We got a shout out on the last episode. We should just shout him out on everything. Yeah, episode. shout out Midtown. Shout out all those guys. But Cisco's standing there talking to this guy's handler. So it's like, you know, they're like two feet away from the both of us. And then it's just me awkwardly standing next to Jordan Ford being like, (laughs) what's up, dude? You know, it's so fucking uncomfortable. So I don't know how they would ever get around it, but getting rid of a handler, like letting these guys actually just be human beings Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes would Mm -hmm. be pretty nice. But anyway, Monk starts walking over to the the NBA PA booth and his, his handler's like, oh, someone's in there already. And he's like, who's in there? And I'm like, Kevin Herter. He's like, man, fuck Kevin. <laughs> he just like goes to the next thing. But that was my introduction to Malik Monk is him saying, Dude, fuck Kevin. That's it was, it, he was great. And all of them. Sasha, up for the challenge mm-hmm. when he really didn't need to be. I did not expect anything from him. He was super cool. I mean, yeah, if I just went down the list, uh, Duarte, very. I already said Duarte was very nice. Duarte was worried he wasn't going to be able to be funny, which I was like the most... It made me feel like an NBA player. <laughs> like, like it's how I would feel. Because yeah, because you're like, oh no, no, yeah, you're in my domain now. I'm like, right? yeah, like, you're in my dojo, brother. <laughs> this is this is humor 101. <laughs> yeah, no, it literally, it, it was like he was like, like I don't, I don't get jokes. Like that was what he said to me. It was so funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, everyone was sweet and cool, and um, 
yeah, dude, I, I, I like couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity to like represent Kings fans on even the, the smallest of levels. I think that like that, you know, I was talking, me and the Midtown guys had a, a meeting the other day and like, that's what I said to them is that like, the only thing I give a fuck about is being funny, being professional mm-hmm. and like representing this fan base well, because it's very easy to go out there and get people hyped. It's very easy to go out there and ask people, uh, you know, what what do you think Keegan Murray's favorite ice cream is? But like what I think really separates Kings fans from other fan bases, as far as I can tell, is we have a very nice knowledge of or a, a nice combo of knowledge mm-hmm. and loyalty. Yes. We are we are delusional to a fault sometimes. But it's because we feel very loyal to these players. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt when I was there. Is like I wouldn't want to insult any of these guys. I wouldn't want to say a bad thing for my own reasons, but also because like that's not what I think any Kings fan would be doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think any Kings fan would be like, Kevin, why are you missing so many shots? Right no, they, yeah. Mike in his face, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, Twitter is not real life. Um, Reddit media. is so- certainly not Social real life. media in general is just not real life. No. But I, I, I always have to remind myself that that's a very, very small percentage of Kings fans. This city care so much about the team and they love the team so much and they love the players um and they're always so welcomed with open arms when they get like like on i think on any other team or on most big market teams at least like javel mcgee comes and you're just like oh, okay nice yep. big 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 so, you know some some depth for the bigs and right you know joins 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 the rotation could be could be a piece that really changes the team depends on what happens here in sacramento it's like, oh my God, we got JaVale McGee, man. Did you know that his mom played for the Monarchs right. and yeah, blah blah? Like I'm like, thing. you know, it's it's wild. Like, and, like, and you, we love we and, love the team, and you felt it there too at, at media day. Like JaVale had a, a certain gravity to him. It, you know, he wasn't, but it, it felt like he could have been wearing three rings. Mm. Like he really did. When you saw him walking around, you're like, oh, that's that's the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's. Um, if if you were gonna like use a Moneyball reference again, he's like our David Justice. You know what I oh, mean? Like yeah. man, that scene yeah. where, with David Justice <laughs> where he's like, you know, and you know the the context of that's a little bit different. Obviously, Javale's not on the Kings because no team wants him. There's teams that want him, but he chose to come here. But yeah, um, it kind of had that like this guy's been there. He's been in L.A. He's been in Denver. He's been everywhere. Yep. And he's in Sacramento now, and and I, I don't think Kings fans are taking that for granted. It yeah. feels like we we understand why that's important. Yeah, I'll I'll also uh, say this: I was in a uh, I became friends with a good amount of warrior. Look, okay, I'm not a warrior. Okay, I'll just preface it with this: I'm mm-hmm. not a Warriors hater. I don't hate their team or their fans as much as most fans around here do. Yeah, yes. they get annoying. But I can't can, stand you, them, and I, I, I hope nothing but the worst I, on them and their fan base. But I one hundred. I 100% understand. However, as as a guy who just loves basketball and likes yes. seeing good basketball, my God, I love watching that team play basketball. I love I love Steph Curry, Clay. You know, I'm I'm sorry that I'm being pro Warriors on this podcast. No, but no, it's okay. I, I have met, I did get a chance to meet a lot of their fans and a lot of people from Warriors Twitter last year um, by way of another podcast that I did. Uh, met a guy named his name's Andre. Uh, he's a great follow at On Ball Steph. Um, if you guys want to give him a follow, really knows the game. He I'll does, believe that. He no, does. No he does. Fans <laughs> following Warriors fans he does, in my house. He does. He does these playback sessions where they'll watch games together. They'll watch games back together. And I and I and I joined his playback when they were watching back 
the Kings Warriors preseason game, uh, the one here mm-hmm. uh, from last Sunday. And when when I joined, they were talking about Kaminga. So in the chat, I was yeah. saying, hey, I got a chance to see Kaminga up close on Sunday. He's looking different. I'm buying stock. He's gonna have. He's gonna make the leap this year. And uh, I said, yeah, I, I've got a chance to talk to some people after the game about, you know, what they thought it was like facing him on the court and got some really cool insight into how they think he looks, you know, and how good he looks. And like Keon was saying, yeah, he, he looks like he's going to have a big legit, year, yeah. you know, and Keon had to get cross matched against him a couple of times, which wasn't fun, but he held his own because, you know. Because he's Keon fucking Well, Ellis, yeah, it's because he's my best friend. Yeah. So. <laughs> you taught him all of your defensive Yeah, exactly. Tips. So. So they and so the guys in the chat and then even you know Andre on the you know because they have a stage where they talk, you know they were they were asking me how are you a credentialed media member are you you know do you have like how do you get this unfettered access to like these players and the people around the team, and it is crazy to think that you don't get that with the Warriors as a Warriors fan you don't get that with the Lakers as a Lakers fan you no. know uh, I know one or two Clippers fans that have that kind of access but not to the level that you and I have yeah, been able to interact but the with Clippers some, are a JV team you yeah, know yeah there's that too <laughs> like, I, I don't I they actually might be the only two Clippers fans I know um I know I know one and he's diehard oh well and I know sh- and I know the owner's son oh have we talked about that no all right well, well I'll shout tell you out that shout off. out shout out shout out to them though yeah shout out shout out um Shout out Steve Ballmer. Those guys, though, when I explained to them, look, this is a one-team town. Yeah. They're the only big ticket in town as far as, like, Major League Sports go. We love this team. We somehow can always kind of be around them. Yeah. Like, either in the arena or around the arena or even just at random places around the city. That's not – I didn't realize until maybe a few years ago that that's not normal in most cities. That's really unique to cities like Sacramento. And so in that moment when I was talking about it the other day with them, I was like, wow, like it, it is, it, it's, it's different here. There's a reason why fans love the team so much here. And also, you know, they said, they said this back then, you know, when the kind of the golden era of the Kings in the late nineties and early two thousands kind of dwindled down, you know, they were telling stories, people were telling stories, Jerry Reynolds, people like that were telling stories about like Chris Weber when Chris Weber was traded here, you know, as he's flying in, he sees nothing but just empty fields, plots and yeah. fields and he's and he's crying like he's like why am i here well he cried when he left yeah you know and i think that goes to show you exactly how much this team means to the city and how unique the bond is between this the, the fans in this city and the team it's like how do you and i you know just just regular guys with some social media accounts like you do comedy you know, like how did we get to how did we get to where we got to to where we we're able to like interact with the people around the organization it's like weird. this it's weird, it's crazy, but it probably wouldn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, so. and, and it's it's that way because Kings fans understand the magnitude of pro sports like mm-hmm. that, and I think that is like the the one team mindset where yeah. it's like this is a professional sports team. Yes, that is so cool <laughs> yeah. that they're just right fucking here. Like yeah. there's, you know millions of cities in the world that don't have a sports team mm-hmm. in their town. And the fact that we have one, one of 30, one NBA of 30 teams. of the, the most global game it, coming out of the United States. Mm-hmm. I understand football, yeah, is, football, is, football is yeah. a bigger thing, but like the NBA is as global as any American product. 100%. Is. And we get one of them. Mm-hmm. And also like we get one that's actually like, 
pretty good right now. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, I, I'm the same pretty way, cool. dude. I just I did my buddy's podcast, and they were talking. Uh, one of uh, one of the co-hosts was saying that he like isn't a sports fan, but his son is at that age where he's like wanting to watch sports, so he's mm-hmm. trying to watch sports. So he's like. Am I a bandwagon fan? Do you guys like hate bandwagon fans? And I'm like, no, I think that bandwagon fans are like the fans that make the most sense. Like Man. my level of mental illness attached to oh, this dude. is not an is not an achievement. No, like, yes. I wish I wouldn't have watched. You and I have voices that <laughs> yes. talk to us yeah. at this point. That happened halfway into the playoff I've, drought. I've let I've let MLB baseball games in September ruin my day. Yes. Like yeah. ruin my entire day. Yeah. Not even like the outcome of them. Like Going into like the the rubber match of a Red Sox series in mm-hmm. September, being sad, like that is not a good place to be no. mentally. And so it's like, yeah, like I I encourage everyone to be a sports fan at whatever rate you can because first off, there's no drama like the NBA. Mm-hmm. There's just simply nothing messier and dramatic. If you don't believe me, just go type in Charlotte Hornets controversy it's, right it's now. So and just have a good day. Yeah. It's the best. And then on top of it, the human aspect of sports is, is unmatched in the world in terms of emotion and unpredictability. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect television. Anyway, that's that's my diatribe. We did a minute, an hour twelve. Yeah, that's not bad. That's that's better than last time. You know, one of my friends gave me really good feedback on our podcast, which but, was uh, he said uh, he's like, I think you guys got something because you guys are just talking to one another. It's not like a roundtable discussion or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's it, I, it's natural. It feels like it was always gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, we point. are two fans at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. We have no duty. Yeah. We but have no. One of his notes was. Well, the first thing he said to me after he listened to it was, "Yo, I just listened to that long ass podcast." So, you know, shout yes. out, shout out to my guy. Uh, hopefully, he listens to this episode and he and he's not thinking it's too long. But, um, but yeah, man, an hey, hour twelve is good. An yeah, hour, we did an hour thirty eight last time. Yeah, I man. agree, it was long. But my reasoning was that was like a an off season wrap up yeah. plus an intro to the podcast. That that is that is true. And too. once we start having games, I'm sure these things will be. We won't be hype hype. Doing hypotheticals of Darius Garland <laughs> traded for Jalen Brown anymore. I pinky yeah. promise. But look, you can't have it both ways. The preseason can't mean nothing, and then you're also expecting insight. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, make it, make up your mind. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, Jazz first, Warriors home opener. You gonna be, you gonna be in the building for the home opener? Me in the Midtown. I won't be in the building. Me and the Midtown guys will be down there doing content. Come check us out. Uh, see, come say hi. Especially if you're a podcast listener, if you've listened to the two, two episodes of this thing, please come say hello. Yeah, which I don't know how many. Are you going to be? I, I don't know what the retention rate is between episodes one and two. But. Probably <laughs> very few. Oh man, it's the half life on this thing is going to yeah, be. Yeah, the yeah the the the, the numbers might. It's going to be embarrassing. Might paint a pretty disgusting picture. <laughs> uh, yes, I will be in the building for the home opener, so I'll see you there. Yes, uh, before and after the game, I would imagine. Yeah, um, and then also, I don't know when it's going to get released. I think we're I think we're pre recording it, and then they're going to post it at a later date and it might even drop on the same day that this drops um but uh i'll be on deuce and mo with king's film room fuck yeah and we're gonna do a season preview same way we did last year deuce was like hey we won 48 games after we did a season preview with you guys last year we should probably try to do it again and i said okay yeah that sounds a good idea deuce very nice so <laughs> yeah. you don't know when they're dropping that i don't know when right. i would imagine monday or tuesday but yeah. uh yeah and i don't know when this is gonna drop but i they, they could be dropping on the same day so monday, people tuesday. are gonna be sick and tired of us no dude everyone's time. gonna no one's gonna see enough of your face oh dude. my god or you hear your voice yeah as 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 if they want any more of that um all right you want to do a prediction real quick what do you think those first two games um yeah i I think i think they'll win both games what do you think 
I got I've one and one. I'd be okay. fine. I think the Warriors game's losable. I think that I that's think so too, I think we're still their little brother a little mm-hmm, bit, and mm-hmm. you lose that game if you're the little brother. So but I think I think we handle the Lakers. Yeah, we'll see. The the Warriors won't have they might not have Draymond. Um, yeah, that's what they're saying. And right? then they also only won eleven road games last year, which was freaking insane. Like, what an insane. See, that to me is the anomaly to be focusing on stat. if you're John Hollinger. Yeah, not the Kings' health. Yeah, it's not like, the Kings. The Warriors might be the best team in basketball this year if they can win half their road games. Yeah, could that you might yeah, be. Like if they if they win twenty road games, they'll probably win fifty five games. Yeah, but yeah, let's yeah. yeah, let's focus on the Kings maybe getting injured. Right. Um. Yeah. I I I think one and one I'd be totally fine with, but I, I think they can win both games considering that the Warriors game is at home. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, you know the. the place won't be infested with warriors fans but that's probably gonna be the case like they always hopefully we price them out if we're pricing good kings fans out like you myself here then yeah then hopefully that means that yeah hopefully it means that it's more kings fans showing up but i'm not so sure yeah uh, and the last thing i'll say is uh um the game's tonight so hopefully they win by the time this posts but shout out to sac republic gotta get gotta get gotta get that dub man uh, first round of the playoffs so hopefully they move on oh to the is second tonight round. a playoff game tonight's the playoff game and then also, Dang. also big Sac Sports Day because Sac State plays Montana State on ESPN two. I know about that nationally televised game, and it's the number two ranked Montana State Bobcats against the number three ranked Sac State Hornets. So there we go, the matchup everyone was looking for. Everybody was talking Cancel about your this Saturday game. Night plans. When the schedule dropped last year, people were saying, "Wow, I can't wait for October twenty first, twenty twenty three." I'm clearing my calendar because that an FCS football game is going to be the best game in college football that day. Not so. on ESPN news yeah not on espn espn 2 espn not on espn u right like this is on yeah. espn 2, that's actually people. big getting off the u yeah getting big. off the u is huge so um yeah shout out to both those teams hopefully by the time this posts we will have known that they have won so yeah all right go sacramento we'll talk to you guys later go kings like Peace. the beam later